you for joining us on The Naked Call. You are living your authentic life, betting on yourself. That's what we love about you. Evan Ritt is the founder and owner of Tolo Shoes. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having so, me. It's yeah. I'm just starting with this and any opportunity to talk to people who are interested is very welcomed on my end. Yeah. I'm so happy you came. To get started, we like to take our guests skinny dipping. We take our clothes off. We're jumping in the pool, ask some fun questions just to loosen up a little bit. You want to start us off? Yeah. Yeah. Start us off. Yeah. Okay, Evan. Don't think too much either about the answer. That's kind of what makes it fun. Just go with whatever pops into your head first. What is your favorite nude body part on yourself? On myself, my balls out in the sun. Underrated. <laughs> things, the light goes <laughs> Exactly. I, I was like, it will be genitalia related. I'm sure of it. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> What's yours? Okay, the space like underneath my boobs to my belly, like mm. to like an inch above my belly button, mm. I think is really good. Basically, my rib cage. My rib cage. I guess that's like sort of your weight. Your weight. Well, like, I think I have waist. a yeah, the waist, the yeah. waist and the rib yeah. cage. I think think is like yeah. where it's at for me. Yeah. What is your? It was my tits before wow. I had a kid. Before uh, I had a kid. But now it's it's my shoulders. I have some good, I have some sexy ass shoulders. Yeah, I feel good about them. Yeah. I can see they're hidden right now, but I can I can see that you potential. Wanna, yeah. Oh, you see my shoulders? oh shit. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> okay, you just, oh my god. No, no, it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's your fault. <laughs> 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 oh my god. <laughs> Thought about it. I felt like it was too cliche. Too cliche. Yeah. All right. Okay. What go next. Go to karaoke song. Someone like you by Adele. That's a good one. Mm. Wow, that takes some pipes. That's like a big vocal. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Um, I heard. I love that. You settled down. Did you sing it recently? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, Every week, actually. I I actually have only been to karaoke once. Did you go to Voice Box in Denver? No, I didn't. It was out in LA. Oh, nice. So I would say, like, our final skinny dipping question, (laughs) uh, which isn't really that uh, provocative, but do you have do you do you have a social media platform that you think is the best or that you prefer? Well, uh, now I think it's probably going to be Twitter. Um, I spend oh. all my time on in- mm. on Instagram, but I think that like my legitimate take is that I think that Twitter is going to start to dominate because of the current events. Yeah, it, I, I, mean, I mean, I mean, compared I to ac- actually, go ahead. I mean, I think legitimate, or I think that TikTok is is because it has the youth is going to. Grow grow and develop and be like the main platform. But I think for the short term here, I don't know. I don't know. I just think that I think that Instagram is sort of dying. I think that Twitter has new life and TikTok is going to be the champion. Yeah, that's that's a good take. And li- LinkedIn sucks. LinkedIn is garbage. I do agree <laughs> yeah, with that. LinkedIn is it is. It, I hate it. It's garbage. Um, Twitter, I feel like it's just going to become Elon Musk's playground. Like it's yeah. like... <laughs> I don't know. Twitter irritates I, me. Yeah. But it's I mean, bad. all social media ir- irritates me. I've been posting on, I've been like promoting Tolos and like posting TikToks and, and that's sort of how Chandler and I reconnected I here. I you've had so well, much uh, success on TikTok. Like, do you, what do you do that to? <laughs> Do you think like two million views? That's well, pretty... I think it's being shirtless, and that's why we wanted you to come on shirtless. Be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shirtless is like best of his TikToks. You little slut. <laughs> uh, 
Hey, sex, sex sells. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, part of, okay, that's good feedback. I'm trying to not be too shirtless because I'm actually trying to present good information. And I kind of feel like every social media, like we're talking about, has this adoption curve where you can get on early and grow a following if you have something to say. And I didn't have anything to say when Instagram was getting big and Twitter was getting big um, and Facebook. But now that TikTok is is on the rise, I have something to say. And so I am packaging it sort of deliberately and I'm using things like like being shirtless, but that's sort of part of the brand is being is like a more natural thing. I so love it. I love it. It's not a slutty vibe. Please, please do not. It's a it's I'm a, a shit talker. It's 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 an East Coast thing. It means I like you. It's a male and man uh, vibe. It's yeah. not a slut vibe. Not a slut vibe yeah. at all. We and I'm I'm pro slut. So uh, yeah, that's true. It's a it's a compliment. There we go. Yeah. There Spread we go. The Thank you. Widely. Okay. Spread it widely. Thank you. Um, so Thank your you. TikTok, you talk a lot about your company and the process of designing a shoe. Can you explain to us what that looked like going through that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Can I sort of tell you like uh, where it came from? Like, we, can I go yes. to the origin before? Yeah, let's start with the origin. Um, I've been thinking about this for like four-ish years. And this started from when I was playing hockey growing up. I was always training and hockey was basically the most important thing in my life. It was my focus. And I was probably too focused on it to some extent where I was disregarding some other things. But I was able to play um, in college and I played at University of Denver where Chandler and I met and became friends and had some classes together. What was that? Um, was that like intro to econ? Uh, I don't remember. One of those like early. Yeah, exactly. We had yeah. like some early class together. Anyways, even there, my focus and we had some finance classes. I studied finance, but my focus was on hockey. Um, and we had this this phrase like I didn't come here to play school. And so in and that's just what you get being a part of a program where you're putting people in the highest levels. There's guys going to the NHL every year. And like from my team, my senior year, 21 guys played pro after. Um, and so it's just basically uh-huh. like a, an incubator. Yeah. And so in those situations, you're looking, it's hyper competitive and you're looking for every competitive advantage. And so I was always really interested in my training and trying to just get better. And I was always, like I said, I was like a math guy growing up. Um, and so I was always just kind of interested in my dad's a mechanical engineer. So I've, I've always been like building things. Like I was always like making hockey sticks and like putting sticks together and like building stuff. And so I've always just sort of been mechanically interested. I was a big Lego guy. And so when we're training, I was always interested in, in moving in the right biomechanics and learning how to move correctly. And so that, that was sort of a seed that was planted when I was playing. And looking back, I should have studied something like that, but I studied finance, but that, that's, that, that's yeah. um, what I thought was best at the time. Yeah. That's how I felt um, too. Like, and so, that's yeah, it's, and we, we were, and it's sort of like um, something I can talk about later where um, there's like being in the corporate world, like you sort of hear um, like, Oh, finance, like that could make me money. Like, I think that's what I want. I don't know what I want to do. It seems like people are successful. So I was chasing that and I didn't have any, I wasn't centered at all. I didn't know who I was. I was insecure. I had nothing. I had some skills, but but I couldn't connect it because I was misaligned. 
And part of that is being an underdeveloped kid, like like boys. I really attribute a lot to boys' brains developing at like age 25. And luckily, mm-hmm. I went to school late because hockey players take um, a couple years off between high school and college. So I started school at 21, graduated at 25, and I was just starting to become a person and, from a <laughs> chimpanzee. I'm not a man, but I, yeah. I feel the same way about my brain development too. Anyway, well, it's the same way. I think, I I think, I think women's like the average curve is like 23, 24. It's like just before, like I hit puberty at like 20, 20 years old. So like things are different for everybody. Um, not to talk about my puberty, um, (laughs) But so, <laughs> yeah, we're open here. But so then, so there's these like compounding things where I have this foundation of being interested in biomechanics and then I'm starting to develop. And I start to date this girl who um, was sort of a genesis for me too. And when I went, this was at the end of my senior year um, and we had just won the national championship and our team, this, the learning experience on our team was this incredible experience of being our, our motto was trust the process before that was like a common phrase. We, we felt like we were kind of like the innovators of that. And so I really learned and being on the outside, you you may not, a, a college national championship might not be that exciting of a thing, but in the, within the team environment, it was a really amazing thing. We were like by far the best team. I would actually argue, and this is a crazy claim. I would argue that our team was the best college hockey team of all time. And okay. if you look yeah, at the players, who, yeah. yeah, great confidence. Yeah. 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 If you look at the players who went on to play that the amount of players our, our coach went and coached in the NHL. He's one of the best coaches. Just the, the organization that we had was so incredible and it shaped me. And so I was coming off of this national championship win and it did a lot for me confidence wise where I had won. I won and I learned how to win and I learned what processes take place to win. And then um, I start to date this girl a little bit and I'm sort of on a high and I'm sort of winning everything. Like I'm, I'm on a hot streak. And I kind of noticed with her that she doesn't really care about a lot of this stuff because I actually didn't have my life together that much. And even though I had some success sort of on paper, I just wasn't that complete of a person and I wasn't taking care of my relationships and I was just sloppy with a lot of things. And her and I, she was moving and I was moving. I just signed a contract to go play in Europe. And so it was like a a short little thing, but I had this glimpse into, I'm playing this game right now where I'm winning this game. But then I see there's this other game that is so much more sophisticated and just such a more beautiful game where you where you have such a more complete life where everything is intertwined where you you have amazing relationships with your family and your friends and and your work and everything's integrated and you have complete responsibility and yeah and I was like oh shit, I've got some work to do here. And so that, so then I basically was like, because it's, it's hard looking around and you see, you see other people, your, your contemporaries who are going to get jobs and starting to buy houses and like building these careers. And I was like, well, I am on a high right now, but it's kind of a house of cards because now I'm about to go play pro hockey in Europe, which is awesome. And I'm going to get an awesome experience. But I've I've gone into school late. And so I've graduated late. So I'm 25 starting this. I'll probably be 27 when I finish. And when I finish, then I didn't really care about school that much. I'm a decently intelligent guy, but like I 
didn't study something I'm passionate about and I don't really know what I want to do. So uh, what do I do here? And so I basically, with that inspiration that was sort of triggered from her and just was sort of in me um, naturally, it, it just kind of like woke me up. I was like, wait, wait, okay, wait, I'm going to use... I have a question. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just, I need to, I, I'm like dying to know this detail. So what was it about, you mm. keep saying this woman like woke you up, was the genesis of this seismic shift in your life, but what what was there something intangible like was she what was she doing can you speak more to the like actual details of the effect that she had on on you just like touch on it It, we weren't right for each other it's okay that it's okay that that it didn't work out but I learned a lot so just to just to preface that, that it's not like I'm like madly in love with her. No, I just totally. yeah, learned I didn't, I didn't so much. So. From her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So even though I do love her, um, just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. So, <laughs> um, so I, I was so struck by what a, I felt like she was a real human and that may sound like a weird thing, but so often people are like covered in these facades of like, I have this career and this and this. And there's this like stripping down where and like primitiveness. And that is sort of what has, and I don't mean to call her primitive in a derogatory way. It's like, it's like the most beautiful thing, in my opinion, to be that connected with your your nature. Mm -hmm. And it sort of taught me I was at this pinnacle I was like, the, the, I was, I was winning everything. And she, she wasn't paying attention to that. She thought it was cool that I had won and whatever, but she was, she was thinking about her long-term relationships with her friends. And, and could I, was I somebody that was treating her that would have reciprocated that like long-term intention? No, because I was so immature at the time. Like I was, everything was just wasn't that way for me. And everything about her life was thinking about long-term was was thinking long term. And it's like there's a quote from Naval Ravikant. Do you know who that is being in finance? Good guy. Go he has yeah. he has a quote like, yeah, like all things, all all positives in life, all all the all the benefits I've seen in life are a function of long-term returns or something like that. And I was just kind of like, and that was kind of what I was struck with was like, oh, I'm playing short-term games here with everything in my life. And if I want to be successful later in life with my business, with my friendships, with my career, with with my relationships, with everything, I need to start to I need to I need to restart basically. And mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard hard to think that and that's where a lot of people have a tough time with with taking that responsibility for your life because basically you say, "Oh, I've been living life wrong this whole time." And the only thing I can do is start to piece it together little by little. And even though I've accumulated some good stuff. I can use that as pieces, but I need to fill my life with goodness. And so I started to do that. <laughs> I love that so that's much. So great. That's that's so, yeah. I mean, I think the fact that, I, mean, I don't know who ended it. It sounds like it was this sort of somewhat like fleeting thing. And I don't know, I feel like I, I've certainly had experiences with people that have just entered my life and, and they've gone on to do something else that have left a big impact. But I think the fact that you're able to articulate it mm-hmm. and connect it to where you are now is 
and just, talk about it. Yeah, and just a lot of self It's really yeah. amazing. It's like the ultimate strength. Hell yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's been such a positive in my life. So I didn't mean to cut you off. I felt like you were you were going somewhere with just like your origin story and I didn't even get to the shoes. Yeah. So um, let's go back. Let's just refocus back to the shoes. So yeah. So so basically, then I went to Europe and and I was determined to put my life together. And another huge piece that so she, so she was kind of the spark and that and so like like so thankful for her. The biggest piece for me really was. I became obsessed with this clinical psychologist who has like hundreds of hours of lectures on YouTube and it's all about personal responsibility. And so I basically just started binging and obsessing over his content. And uh, this is Jordan Peterson, if you know who that is. Okay, I was going to ask. And, and so I basically started obsessing over his content. And it's all about taking responsibility in your life. He has a book, the first rule of it is stand up straight with your shoulders back. And he talks about the, the like physiological significance of standing up straight with your shoulders back. Yeah, those great shoulders of yours. And, and presenting yourself in the world. And then Another rule is put your house in perfect order before you go to criticize the world. And it's a, it's about putting your life together so that you have the skills to fix the world, do what, what you can in the world. And, and if you don't have your life together, then you can't help the world as best you can. Do you um, make your bed so every I basically morning? started getting Oh, no question. Really? Do you have a morning routine? Mine's, it's not been that good lately. It hasn't been that good because I've been a little unorganized, but... I, I sort of do. I, I get up and I try to meditate. I meditate probably three days a week and I try to sit outside. I try to get sunlight as soon as possible because that's so important for you, for your sleep schedule. I really want to get into journaling, but I, I have a hard time doing it. And then, yeah, I just get into my day. Yeah. yeah. You have to get up to like 4.30 in the morning if you want to get, get all those things done. It's just, it is, it's it's tough. I, I'm with you on the journaling. Exactly. Okay. So, so Jordan Peterson was sort of my, like, I started to to learn a lot about just myself. And simultaneously, I was obsessed with health stuff. So I was listening to like philosophy, psychology, and also like health podcasts and reading books and like obsessing about that, learning about diet and fasting and breath work and meditation and biomechanics and everything, supplements. And I heard at one point, one guy that I was listening to, I think um, it was Ben Greenfield, who's one of my favorite people in fitness to listen to. He, he said something about barefoot shoes and he was talking about fixing plantar fasciitis by using barefoot shoes. And um, basically it returns your foot to its natural state. And I was like, huh, that sounds like it makes sense. I, I've never thought about shoes before. And so I, I start looking online like barefoot shoes. And there's one main company, Vivo Barefoot, and they're based out of London. And their shoes are like 150 bucks. And I was like, I don't really want to buy these for 150 bucks. And they're kind of ugly. So I was like, I'll just not do this right now. But I was thinking about it. And then the next year I went to England to play. And I went to London and I was like, oh my God, the Vivo barefoot store. I'm going to check these out. And so I went in there and I got a pair and I was immediately like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like I heard about all these benefits and I was kind of nervous to try. And then I got them and they feel amazing. And so then I was 
sort of obsessed with them where I was like, okay, what other brands are there? Because these are kind of ugly and I want to wear these everywhere. And so I, I just started to like accumulate knowledge about the market and started to pay attention to what brands are popping up, what brands are around, what new styles are coming out, how expensive they are. And nobody's making good barefoot shoes. And my thought process is these are going to get better. Vivo is going to make better ones. These other companies, these US-based companies are going to make better ones. These are going to come around and they just continuously keep flopping time after time. And so in my head, I'm like, I could, I could do this so much better than these companies. They don't even know what they're looking for. And they're not catering towards athletes, even though every athlete should be in these at some point in their life. And everybody should have these for some part of their life. My dad wears them. If you are worried about your parents as they get older, losing balance and becoming unstable, you should Mm -hmm. consider getting them in barefoot shoes, not super supportive shoes because it's blinding their, their nerves from their sensory nerves. But yeah, so basically I was in my head this whole time thinking I need to try to make barefoot shoes myself, but there's such a barrier to entry with it. And I started making, or I started working at a software sales or at a software company in sales, just an entry level position, did that for a year, got promoted was like sort of on this like it was this really good company and was sort of on this trajectory to have a very financially successful life but I was so miserable and the people around me were miserable the entire company the entire culture of software sales was miserable and so I started to take the shoe stuff more seriously and ended up ended up deciding I was going to go all in on it and then a year and a half later here I am <laughs> you were here in Denver working for that working for that company I was yeah based out of Denver So I played my two years abroad and then I came back and I was going to try to play again, but I was injured. And both years when I was in Europe, my body got so beat up and it was from an accumulation of training way too hard and pretty stupidly. And I could lift a ton of weights, but my body was a house of cards. And so, so when you put um, these shoes on for the first time, were you like, you, I mean, it sounds like you had like immediate tangible benefits. Can you talk about that a little bit? So like immediately I was like, I couldn't tell if it was good for me. I was like, I think this is good. But the tough part is that your walking gait that like the pattern that you walk in is affected by the shoes that you wear. So if you've been wearing traditional shoes your entire life, you have a walking gait that is for those shoes. And so when you transition, to a barefoot shoe that it will your body will change its gait to land more evenly and more naturally but it won't be at first and you probably if you have been wearing traditional shoes you probably have a a heel striking gait so you you land with your heel more and so then once you go to barefoot shoes the suggestion is to start slow because a lot of times when you start walking you have that heel striking gait and you have Mm -hmm. less support there so it's a pretty big impact on your heel but your body finds finds its equilibrium and you start to land more 50-50 between the pad and the heel. And and then once you start to do that, your body is feeling more natural and landing more natural. And so there is this like little break-in period. But then once my body got used to it, it once you feel it, you can't go back. What do you think about high heels? <laughs> yeah. Like, like for women. Yeah. yeah. Should women even be wearing high heels? Is it terrible for us? Like do you die on, inside I a think little that, bit? I think that there is a time and a place for high heels. And if high heels make you feel amazing, amazing and look amazing and you're out on a date, then wear those high heels because I'm going to be wearing dress shoes. If I go to a wedding, I'm going to wear dress shoes. 
and I'm not going to be perfect all the time. But do I think you should be going to work every single day for eight, nine hours a day wearing high heels? I think that's a recipe for you to injure yourself and have an unhealthy life. Yeah. yeah. So do you so, believe fundamentally that health starts with your feet, like from the ground up? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And so that's, that's sort of the thing is like, I get, I get sort of like, I'm obviously very passionate about foot health and it kind of comes off as weird. It's like people don't really pay that much attention to foot health. And to be honest, I don't like, I don't really want to specify that much into foot health, but it's the area of health that needs the most attention. Mm -hmm. And it's our base. It's how we are connecting with the ground and we are disrespecting our feet. And somehow the industry of foot health has convinced everybody that it's their fault and that their feet are messed up. And so Everybody is silently suffering, thinking my feet are messed up and it's my mm-hmm. fault. I got bad mm-hmm. feet and, and, and genetically I'll never be better. But if you just change your your footwear and do a little bit of movement and do a little bit of rehab, your feet will feel so much better and it will recover. It's like, it, it's a miracle. It, it, will, it will be better. And you don't need your orthotics. It, that, that's another thing is like your, your prescribed, your prescribed orthotics from a professional, from a podiatrist, a PT. And I've never heard of one person who has been prescribed orthotics with the thought that you will never need orthotics after Mm -hmm. X Mm -hmm. amount of time. It's always, you get orthotics for the rest of your life. And Mm. what is that? There's no, there's no healing with that. That's like the equivalent of you have this heart disease. Now you need this pill for the rest of your life. Rather than addressing your diet, which needs adjustment, your exercise, which needs adjustment, your lifestyle, which needs adjustment, we're just going to give you this pill. That's exactly how I see orthotics and everything in the foot community. It's like, oh, you need more. Oh, you need these shoes more support. Oh, now you need these shoes with more support. And it's always the same prescription. My hoka with industrial strength orthotic in it is basically like ruining your feet. Ruining my feet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this idea of like base and foundations is what we talk about all the time too. I mean, you you can't build a strong financial portfolio without the fundamentals, which is a like not having debt and not having savings. And like, and it's not sexy. It's nothing sexy about it, but it is the foundation of a strong finances. And so I, I, I can, I exactly. hear you on the building the strong base. Yeah. R- right. And, and we talk about it with everything. You wouldn't build a house with a weak base. You wouldn't drive a mm-hmm. car with flat tires. You wouldn't ride a bike with flat tires. You wouldn't do any of these things. And so it's, like why are we neglecting foot health so much and why is it such a weird thing and and what it comes down to is that's our own insecurities and our own egos thinking this is weird and i'm afraid that people are going to think this is weird so i'm i'm too afraid to work on this because i'm insecure and so i'm trying to encourage people to embrace that and the positive effects that will have in your life if you can separate from that fear and then you can start to help other people. Evan, outside of buying your shoes, which I think we should all do, what should people be doing to rectify or let's just say work on their foot health? Yeah. So my shoes aren't going to be available. The production for shoes, that's a really tough part about getting into the shoe industry is I still haven't placed the order with the factory. The minimum order is like 4,000 shoes. So And then they take like seven months. So from the start, it's hard for me to even recommend like immediately buying my shoes just because there's such a long wait time. I would love it if you, if you supported me, but there's other shoes out there that you can get. So 
if you can get a wide toe box shoe in the meantime, there's a ton of good brands out there. There's like Vivo Barefoot is the best if you want a full barefoot shoe. I think the best transition shoe for everybody, if you have any intention of fixing your foot health, you should try to get an Ultra, A-L-T-R-A. And they're a running shoe. They have a wide toe box and they're zero drop. They're completely flat, but they have cushion. And so it's the best. It gets two of the three barefoot qualities. Aside from that, you should try to be barefoot as much as possible. So in your house, always be barefoot. Um, try to walk around in the grass barefoot if you can. Try to get outside and be barefoot. And then just try to bring some life back into your feet. Like if you have, your, if you're like at your house, try to just move your ankles and like do foot circles and like move your toes and like start to just get some sensation back in because most people don't even have control and their feet are just kind of like meh. And, and you can start to do like toe exercises and like get, get get it moving a little bit. And then lastly, I would say get toe spreaders. Like you guys get pedicures and you spread your toes. You should, you can use those. You can do anything. You can put like a sock. You can like weave a sock between mm -hmm. your toes just to, to try to start to spread your toes out a little bit and then try to massage your feet and give your feet some love um, because it's a muscle just like everything or there's muscles and tendons and joints and, and actually your feet has an incredible amount of all those things. It's a really dense piece of anatomy. And so you should really start to loosen those things up by massaging it and trying to move things around. Love that. <laughs> those are great. And that's tips. it. Yeah. So, do you give yeah. a mean foot massage? Yeah. I give a mean all, all around massage Be because a part of a part of foot health is it's it has a lot to do with your hip mechanics, your knee mechanics. And so you need everything to be in sync. If your hip is dysfunctional, then your feet are going to be dysfunctional. You're going to have bad arches. So you need to have everything grooved up and, and rocked. Are you, do you buy into, <laughs> I lived in San Francisco for like seven years and a um, ton of just like foot massage reflexology places. Mm -hmm. Do you buy into that? The Chinese medicine foot stuff? <laughs> reflexology, I guess. Is yes. really what it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do. I love acupuncture. I love Chinese herbs. I'm, I'm pretty big into all that stuff. And I think that the body is much more complex than we give it credit for. I feel like, <laughs> you know, what's really inspiring about your story and just the company that you're building um, that resonates with us is that you're not, it doesn't sound like the thing that's motivating you is like financial. I mean, obviously you want an abundant life, but it doesn't sound like the thing that's motivating you is money. Is that... Are we, is that, is, are we reading you accurately? Yeah. I mean, I think that the way to have the most money is to have that be a consequence of providing the world great value. If you look at almost everybody is suffering from one of these issues. And if, if I can alleviate some of this pain and suffering, if I can, if I can help your life 1%, because how much does your foot health affect your life? A decent amount, but let's say 1%. You can use that 1% to go to put it in to your relationships and your career and yourself and whatever. And then that's, that's what I'm happy about. And I hope that financially, I hope eventually, I hope I can develop this and then that I can keep trying to, to build onto this to help more people. What would you say to anyone who is maybe like kind of where you were when you were in your corporate job, making good money on a, on a trajectory, but knows that they're meant for something more, but hasn't maybe connected the dots yet or is having a crisis of confidence or identity like what advice would you give that person if you have an idea how good is that idea i listened to, to rob deerdeck who 
um, is one of my favorite entrepreneurs. He's become now, he started at, he's like the, he's the founder of DC Shoes and he has all shows on MTV. He's become basically a, uh, an angel investor and he has this thing, the Deer Deck Machine, that is this um, entrepreneurship machine. And one time he said on one of his podcasts, an idea, you'll know if you have a good idea because it keeps getting better. And that's what I feel with Tolos is that it keeps getting better. It keeps developing into something more sophisticated and complex in the ways that I want it to. Whereas that's the most difficult thing is is finding an idea like that. And the way that I think you find an idea like that is that you tune your body. And I believe that our bodies, our consciousness, our tune, our instruments of the divine, whatever you believe the divine is, there's your body, your mind is a vessel to get that out. And that's sort of like the everybody has the like something in them type of thing. So I think your responsibility is to get your health in as good of order as you can so that you can receive these messages because you feel the most creative, you feel the most inspired when you're in the best health. I love the connection to health because you're right. It's sort of like, you know, you talked about having your house in order and making your bed and that being just like a sort of a, a foundational principle for, you know, starting your day and like being successful ultimately. But I think, you know, health is is the same way. Like health you know, is when well. we're not healthy, when we're not exercising, I know it creates a ton of like clutter in my mind. Chandler mm-hmm. and I are both obsessed with in not in a, it's not in a unhealthy way, but I know that exercising and taking care of my body is a core value. Yeah, you're tuning your body. If you are in a job that is a structure that you don't necessarily agree with, then take some time and try to get out of it. Because I think that a lot of people are very fearful of leaving that. And it's this relationship with discomfort that I think a lot of people are very uncomfortable being uncomfortable. But what's the investment that you're making? Are you setting yourself up to be in this position. Like I, I imagine myself in software sales. Okay, I can keep doing this, but in five years, am I going to be this unhappy? Am I going to be happier because I have more money, but I'm living the same lifestyle? I would rather make $70,000 doing something I like or $50,000 doing something I love versus this life where I'm like continuously getting a little unhappier where everyone around me is unhappy. I wasn't impressed with anybody that I was working with. And that was <laughs> that was coming. And you are the sum of the five people that you're closest to. And so every day I'm surrounding myself with people that are lowering my that are lowering me. Mm-hmm. And that's on me because because I'm responsible. It's my job. And so if it's a means to an end where you have a good head on your shoulders, you understand you're, you're not going to be consumed by the job, then there's a, a purpose for it. But if you are, if your identity is attached to it and you are on this track that you're not paying attention to and you're not taking control of your life, I think it's a dangerous game that you're, that you should pay attention to. Yeah. Take, yeah. Your, take your shoes off. Yeah. Take take yeah. Oh, that'd yeah. be a cute, uh, like logo off. or whatever slogan. Yeah. Take yeah. your shoes off. Put my yeah. shoes on to take your shoes off. Yeah. I like but, uh, that. Evan, you obviously like have so much knowledge around foot foot health and uh, way beyond that. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you if they want to learn more from you or get on the list to buy your shoes? How can they find you? Yes. So right now we have our pre-sale open right now. So you can order a pair of shoes. 
I suggest the whites. I'm a white shoe guy. The website is weartolos, W-E-A-R-T-O-L-O-S.com. It's simple to get to the pre-order. And then my Instagram is the same, at weartolos. On TikTok, you can follow me at Evan A. Ritt. And I'm just trying to do as much education around this and trying to bring a good personality to this movement because I think that that is what this really needs is a good spokesperson. If you want to learn more about how to heal yourself, because if you have foot pain, toe pain, ankle pain, knee pain, hip pain, bunions, pronation, high arches, low arches, flat feet, any of these things, and you feel like you are not in a position to fix them rather than just like band-aid them, if you if you want to fix them and thrive and be strong, please reach out. I'm happy to help. I would love to help you. <laughs> awesome. So I'm, entirely, I'm entirely sold. First I am of all, too. not that you're trying, like giving us a sales pitch, but well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fully committed. I'm on the list for the I'm white not, pair. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and I have no doubt, I have no doubt that five years from now, Tom Brady's wearing them. That's It'll be. Yeah, yeah. That's a good goal. Yeah. yeah. That's a good no goal. Doubt. No 50, doubt. $50 million in revenue and Tom Brady wearing them. In you five can hire years. us. Love we'll manage your money at that Let, point. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Just a little plug. Just a little plug. <laughs> Evan, what a pleasure. Really awesome chatting with you and you know, hearing your story. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I love you guys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Evan, we, we love you. Thanks for coming. Yeah.